Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Our New Voice. We are here today with another blessed being in her 20s, darling Tatiana, for sure. Another sacred mirror. I mean, if you saw both their faces sitting next to each other this time, it's kind of crazy how similar we look. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Tatiana. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy to have your voice. I mean, from the moment you've had such a light and your creativity and since the time I've known you just continues to cultivate so much, you know, really an expression of truth and inspiration. So I'm really looking forward to your answers to our questions. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. I mean, I, I feel the exact same way about you. Like we said, like you said, we're, we're such mirrors of each other. And I'm yeah, sacred mirror, sacred mirror for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, my love. So then let's start where we go. The first thing we're going to bring into our conversation today is how are you informed about your gender? Like, how did you learn about however you identify? Yes. So I identify as a woman and I think growing up so much of how we are informed are, are by our parents, especially when we're really young. And so when I think about my parents, I think about them being polar opposites. And so when it comes to my dad and the way that he raised me, it was super masculine. And I think about when I was little, like literally three years old, we would be doing math problems in the bathroom and we would be going to work in the library on the weekends. And I would do golf and baseball and karate and all of these things. Like he enrolled me in all of these very masculine activities. And I think for him, he had the best intention. He, he wanted me to be safe and strong and protected and intelligent and all these things. But on the other hand, my mom was the opposite. She's a very musical and creative and fluid and receptive person and so she never like pushed me into anything but she loved when I wore dresses and when I wore pink and when I danced and when I sang and when I did all these things so when I think about that growing up I I was exactly that I would go back and forth between the two extremes and I think one of the ways in which you can see how someone views themselves and expresses themselves is through their clothing and I look up I look back when I was growing up and I would literally swing back and forth between like extreme tomboy to extreme girly girl to extreme (laughs) like athlete to extreme pre-Madonna like I would just go back and forth and so it was really interesting because that was my experience but I will say I think the the masculine part of me very much so won and I I can't really say that I felt like this girl or like this woman growing up, like when I got my period and when I, you know, started developing curves and all of these things, I just like, I don't know, I I didn't fully think too much about it in some ways. And so I felt like I was very much so this like masculine 
energy in a woman's body. And I think it took me until honestly pretty recently, like maybe in the last year or two to realize like, wait, I'm a woman and my feminine energy is just as important as my masculine energy. And so instead of sort of flipping back and forth between the extremes of the two, I'm finally learning to like harmonize the two and to really ground into who I am, which of course is a woman. And so yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting way of being informed growing up about this. <laughs> really fascinating. Thank you. That's so fresh. I mean, I definitely identified feeling both genders, but the way that you were kind of informed in two different ways that you had such deep love and respect for, right? So you were definitely like wanting to be everything for everybody, you know, because that's tends to that we have as humans is to try to please the things we love the most, at least like, you know, we want to make them happy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't question it. It's like I didn't know any better. And so I was just saying yes to both of them, which just led led to me having very polar opposite experiences in life. <laughs> and so I I'm I this is a little bit down the rabbit hole, but we'll see where it takes us. You know, I wonder how those two energies work dynamically, right? Because I'll I'll say I'll keep it on the eye. So Sometimes in that process of harmonizing my male and female, I noted that there was a, you know, a a pretty strong rigidity to my masculinity. Do you know that it really liked a certain kind of safety in its posture, right? And that the vulnerability of my femininity was something that uh, came up second to that stoic kind of holding it together feeling. I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say? Like... Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm still working through that. Like that's still my kind of go-to response, right? Is to like be in that masculine energy instead of being very like open and vulnerable and fluid and all these things. I, in certain moments, that's my go-to response. But in many moments, it's it's exactly that, that masculine rigidity. And yeah, it's something to continually work through until they come into harmony. <laughs> now, I figure there's probably dudes that are just more girl-like than they are guy-like that come in that are perfect matches for women like us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like everything's always working together in some way. So like I figure like however I grew, there's a way that it lines up with other things that grow that way too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've attracted very masculine men in my life. Not to say that they don't have masculine aspects, but... Yeah, but more feminine men, right? Yeah, it makes sense, right? Then that's where the next question goes. How did you continue to learn about yourself and relationships as regards to gender and roles and things like that? Like, how did your relationships continue to inform you? Yeah, so I... I'm not going to lie. I started dating when I was young. I had my first boyfriend when I was 13 and we dated for like two to three years. Wow. I continued just ebbing in and out of relationships for a very, very long time. And so I think at first, and this still stands true, like I love love. And I think for me, I loved companionship because the idea of like intimately sharing life with someone else, even if I was just in those puppy love phases, I loved that, just like talking with someone and sharing with someone, experiencing life with someone. So for many years, like I just saw relationship as a relationship. And it wasn't until I started dating someone in 2016. I I don't like using these terms, but there's no other way to describe it that he was my twin flame. And during the time that I met him was sort of when I experienced like my eyes opening up to the world, I guess you could say my spiritual awakening. And so I think that 
from that point forward, that's when I realized like, wait, the people that we date are mirrors of us. And suddenly I saw so much of myself in my relationship, especially my shadow. And so when it comes to, you know, gender and our roles and everything, I started to see how masculine I was in the relationship and how I was taking complete control over the relationship to the point where my partner had no other choice but to just drop into his feminine. And so it was this extreme imbalance. And I noticed how controlling I could be, how demanding I could be, how all over the place I could be. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was really hard to see that in such a like upfront and personal way, especially with someone as energetically charged as just the relationship I had with that person. But it's so interesting because over the last year, this is the first time in my life where I've been fully, fully, fully single. And I feel like it's during this time of solitude that I've learned more about relationships than ever before. And I feel like I finally have gotten the chance to bring into harmony that feminine energy so that I'm hoping the next partner I attract is someone who's more masculine. We kind of sink into those different roles and roles that I've never experienced before. So I think that my relationships had just sort of mirrored everything that I, I described when it came to my parents, but it just in a, in a, in a similar way. So, yeah. That's pretty fascinating that that happens, right? That like we are able to use each other in that way to cultivate our essence, mm-hmm. right? That our over souls, our higher selves can align like that. Because I, I think of that twin flame game as an alignment in over souls, like higher selves coming into some type of like frequency alignment. And I'm not sure who exactly prescribes it, if it's us, the universe combination. But those energies, when they come into that kind of frequency alignment, it's like you say, it does a lot of discovery. It does a lot of revealing of light and shadow and all the potentials of what you can feel. You know, if that person feels like they're very much like you, there's a similarity in their frequency that allows a comfort in your expression. But that doesn't mean that your patterns and your cycles don't show up loud and clear. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, it's so painful because I was like, I am undoing how I've been raised for so many years, dating back to when I was like doing math problems with my dad when I was three, you know? So it's like unwiring and unlearning all these things that I had learned my entire life. So yeah, it's it's an interesting process and certainly not an easy one at times. You know, Tatiana, just to just finish that little portal of twin flame game, one of the things that's come up for me in my recent learning is that we can make up stuff and believe it's true mm-hmm. and act like it's true, even if it's not true. And I mean, the twin flame thing is a visceral experience. So it's very hard to make it up, right? It's, to me, mine was very visceral. Like I was experiencing sensations and feelings that I had never experienced before, mm-hmm. right? So, but I guess the whole thing is what we speak about it has so much to do with what happens. And I think that's a great thing for right now in the world, right? Because we're going through such huge changes and how we speak about it and how we, you know, dream it and, and shape it with our, with our everything is such a big part of what grows next. Absolutely. I, I agree so much. I've said this so many times and I've prayed it so much just about how like our words are spells that we cast into existence. And I keep hearing this, especially around like, you know, full moons and new moons and these very like energetically charged times to be extremely mindful about how you talk about these things. And so, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I feel like 
especially with the twin flame and soulmate stuff, it's so charged. And I feel like we all just have to, you know, take it with a grain of salt and just if those words, you know, align with us, that's amazing. If not, then amazing as well. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Well, so is there anything else you want to say about relationships and learning or should we go to the next question? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that our relationships are our greatest mirrors. There are the people who are as intimate as us as possible. Not even our friends and family in some ways can get that close in the way that partners do. And so the mirroring that is created in that dynamic is, I mean, I haven't been in it in a year, so it feels pretty distant right now. But when I remember it's, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it's one of the greatest learning tools of all. So I'm so grateful for relationship, especially in that way. And it sounds like you're at a spot now where you're ready for the relationship to be new and different because you're not necessarily sure who you are because you're an integrated, more whole, balanced person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what's to come whenever it's meant to come. (laughs) Very good. Way to stay impermanent and not attached. Very well. (laughs) Very Buddha of you. (laughs) All right. So then the next place we'll go is the truth or like discerning direction. You know, how do you develop a relationship with the truth or discernment for yourself? Like what cultivates that for you? Mm. I love this question so much. And I feel like this is a weird answer, but I feel like the greatest way to discern the truth is through the truth, like from the perspective and the standpoint of the truth. And I emphasize this so much because I realized throughout my life, I've looked at people, looked at situations, looked at problems or whatever, but from the perspective of like fear and judgment and anxiety and guilt and shame and all these things. And so it's like, if you're asking questions and seeking truth from that perspective, you're not going to get the truth. And something that I say is that truth arises in the absence of fear. Because truth is in resonance with love. And so I think that whenever I'm trying to seek truth in my life, I truly and genuinely make sure that I'm coming at it from the perspective of love. So there's purity there and there's clarity there. Mm -hmm. And I think something that I've struggled with so much is viewing things with rose-colored glasses which is sort of like, it's not, it's like another version of fear, shame, guilt, anxiety, all of that kind of stuff. And so I think in my life, as I've grown up, I'm just realizing more and more that it's so important to take off all of those filters and to just view things, people, view places exactly as they are. And so much truth arises from that place of purity and clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I like that. So it's like we find the truth through the truth. And that's such a great thing because there's a way that when somebody can really tell you the truth about how they feel and you can meet them there, a lot of things dissolve to get to like, what's the everybody wins, right? So if somebody's like, okay, I made this thing for you here. And you're like, I don't like that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, now you're in the truth that like you made something that you thought was for somebody and they don't like it. So now the truth is, okay, so what do we do with that? So that, so then maybe it becomes that someone else who loves it has it and the other person gets to feel their sovereignty and you get to feel safer in the relationship because you told the truth. Whereas, you know, you could take it and hang it up in your house and be like, oh man, I didn't know how to tell that person. I didn't want to have that thing. You know, like they made it, you know what I mean? Like through the truth, there's a freedom. Exactly. And yeah, it's like truth is such a, I mean, it's like one of my 
core values in life. And it's like, there's nothing else but coming to the truth from the truth. And it's as simple as that almost. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, I like it, honey. Through the truth, we found the truth. Hail truth. What would you propose to be some of the shared values or like some core values that we can consider as a collective, right? Because as we do reframe and reorganize our ways of interacting, you know, basic shared values seem like they're an imperative piece. So I wanted to bring that into the conversation. So what do you think about that? I love that so much. I feel like when I think of working with other people, the first thing that comes to mind is communication, like the first thing. And I feel like communication is everything. And something that a book that I read is nonviolent communication. And sometimes that word, I don't know, I don't really like the sound of nonviolent communication because it has the word violent in there. But the principles of nonviolent mm-hmm. communication are incredible. Just communicating through truth, but at the same time, like care and compassion and all these beautiful things. And so I think bringing in that sense of communication into spaces like this, I think is extremely important and that we honor each person in that sense of nonviolent communication, I guess that you can say. And the nonviolent communication, one of the big factors there in my learning of it is that it's about expressing your needs. Like, you know, I have a need for autonomy. Can you please, you know, you make some space for me to digest this and then come back and talk to me later and not push me right now. You know what I mean? So like, so that the person understands it's not coming from a personal attack. It's coming from a real need in a person about what they need. Exactly. It's all framing things in the perspective of me. You know, it has nothing to do with blaming them or accusing them. It's everything coming from me. And I love that style of, of communication so much because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a very vulnerable form of communication. And it's, um, less, it's less connected to that whole need for approval stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Some more values. What else? More values. So I would say communication. I think another thing that's so important, especially in the time that we're in right now, is diversity and like really honoring and respecting each other's differences. And really, I mean, we're all so similar at the end of the day, but trying to bring in as many different perspectives as possible, I think is one of the the greatest teachers and sources of medicine in this life. And so I guess not only bringing in that sense of diversity, but also just respecting and honoring all of our differences because at the end of the day, we're so similar. So I really like that, especially in light of everything that we've experienced this year. So then you're saying with diversity, look more for where we're the same and not different, but be able to listen to appreciate the other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To listen to whatever comes through, but at the end of the day, remember, yeah, how similar we are. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. This is coming through in the moment is this idea of agenda. So it's, I've been reading these different books and I've been learning so much about like how everyone has their own agenda, so to speak. And I feel that I can get really conflicting and group and share experiences like this. And so really sort of like creating this collective agenda that we all, each and every one of us have on our hearts, you know, an agenda that aligns with all of us so that we're not bringing in all of these different agendas. Oh, I want this, but I want that. You know what I mean? And creating that sense of cohesion because 
it's so important to do that in our own lives, like to be very mindful of our own agendas, but especially when we come into co-creative spaces. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great truth. I really appreciate that, Tatiana, because I know in my experience of like putting together festivals or making different groups and co-creations, like even in my partnering in it, my voice would always say like, we need to be in a shared vibration and having an agenda that we understand because it's so confusing for all the voices and the people who come when there's so many mixed agendas. Yeah. The clarity of what's there doesn't get to come through because of that you know, people pleasing again, accommodating, oh, there's a resource, they're giving us money, so we got to help them, that kind of stuff. Now the agenda gets wonky, it gets muddy. Yeah. Right? And then that shows up into the children or the people who come or the energies that come because it's like, well, what's real? You know, like, what's what's the real agenda? So, and that's the podcast is to help us determine an agenda. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, those of you who I know who are in the, the voices, I, I feel very much aligned energetically, soulfully, and that we have very similar values and things and that your work is of the same agenda to you know, resolve conflict and to open up the authentic expression of souls. Like, mm-hmm. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. So then that's the agenda, <laughs> you know, for our new voice. It's just <laughs> like, we don't want to unlock whoever's stuck in something less than who they can be. And we want to work together for harmony and humanity family. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. totally yeah no I think that and you can yeah you can feel when that synergy isn't there and I think of just like the group in collective spaces I've been in the ones that have just been like oh my god this is unbelievable is where you can feel that sense of like synergy in the people that created it like everyone's agenda like we said is aligned and so yeah I think that's so important and sometimes you think that everyone understands the agenda and they don't. And so just making it loud and clear, <laughs> you know, making sure that we're all we're all aligned in that way. So, yeah. Dude, I like the value of making it loud and clear. Having an agenda, but also loud and clear. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can make excuses like, I didn't sort of hear that. So no, there it is. You got it. Any other values or shares that you want to bring to the conversation? I think more than anything, I feel grateful to be a part of the space. And I love the work that you're doing, just allowing people to be authentic in their expression and their voices. Gosh, we need that more than ever. And so it feels so good to be in this space where we can just be exactly who we came here to be. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful to be here. Well, may you always be exactly who you're here to be, Tati. Oh. So, all right. So then let's say, Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Tell the world a little bit about what you're doing. Whoever might listen, share a little bit about what makes you bubble these days. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been on a path of many different twists and turns, but I feel like I finally landed in something that feels so purposeful and fulfilling and, and all the things, which is I created this brand in the beginning of this year called Awaken Align. And it's really my platform to share all the medicine that I want to share in this world. And something that is such a core foundation of what I'm doing is that I believe so much of what's within our control is within. Like, you know, we're all born into different circumstances, but we still are sovereign in so many different ways. And we have the power to control so much of what's going on in our inner world. So I really strive to help people create an extraordinary life for themselves, sort of from the inside out. That's the key is like from the inside out. And so 
so much of the medicine that I share is based on doing exactly that with people. So I do one-on-one tapping sessions. I launched a course recently and I plan to share, you know, continue to share more medicine with the world just so that I can be of service and exactly how I meant to be of service. So yeah, it's beautiful to have been creating this brand for the last several months and I'm really excited to see what's to come. Yeah, I can see how it has awakened and aligned you. So I pray that it continues to do that for others as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tatiana. This has been wonderful, precise and truthful and clear. And so the intention from here is we're going to have either next Monday, the one after a group of your age and stage mixed gender and race. And we're going to talk about music and culture and how we were informed about what the world is and things like that. And I just pray that all the generations get groups to do it that way so we can honestly listen and honor each other's process and learn from one another like that. Because back in 2010, when I opened up Growing With Seasons, my tagline was, it's a sheltering tree to inspire goes from within. So... I believe that I continue to be a sheltering tree and I'm so grateful for all the different things that prosper in the hearts that touch mine to help us all grow divine. Yeah. You have such a way with your words. I, I, I don't know how you do it. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. To all of the nourishing words that you say. <laughs> I'm not sure where it comes from. It definitely like when I start to breathe into what I want to say. And I let my voice keep talking. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if I have enough breath to say all that. Is that it? Okay. And I'm just like, but it it feels good to me too. So I'm grateful that it resonates. And I hope that we all just continue to co-create some things that we agreed to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, Check out the website, gwtestfamily.com, and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the vibe? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle 